Welcome to episode four of Crossword, Perspectives on WordPress and the Open Web. I'm your co-host, Jonathan Wold, with my co-host, Luke Carbis. Hey, how's it going, Jonathan? It's going good, man. Good to be doing this again. Yeah, it's good to see you. And it's also really good to see Rich here with us. Welcome, Rich. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's good. In case uh, any of our listeners don't know who Rich Tabor is, Rich is, I don't know, I, I would classify him as, as one of those uh, WordPress famous people. What do you think, Jonathan? Mm. Is that accurate? Definitely for me. I run uh, his theme on more of my sites <laughs> than any other theme right now. If I was introducing Rich, I would introduce him as the the creator of my second favorite theme of all time, <laughs> Tabor from Theme Beans. Do you want to guess what my favorite is? Twenty twenty. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great one. It's great. Um, and he is also the inventor of Coblocks, which. It's a plugin that some might say page builderizes Gutenberg. Is that accurate? Yeah, I feel like it's you know the very start of it, but uh, it's in the right direction. And yeah. and more recently, uh, he has become a senior product manager at GoDaddy. You enjoying it there? Uh, you know what? I really am. It's uh, it's leveling me up in ways that uh, some that I anticipated, and others that I had. I had no clue that I needed to grow up in these different areas, but uh, both like, you know, professionally and personally, it's been uh, so far a wonderful experience and I couldn't have asked for it to turn out any better than it has, honestly. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. And you get to work with my mate Frankie as well. What's it like working with I him? I do. Frankie's great. He's he's a champ. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's figuring out the hardest, most intricate little things that no one else is thinking about. And it's, it just blows my mind and I, I just enjoy working with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but we, just to, <laughs> to talk about Frankie for a moment, Frankie was the reason that one of the, one of the reasons I ended up joining XWP and sort of started this leg of my journey. They had worked on a plugin called stream, which Luke had a little bit to do with. I loved it, was using it on a bunch of my sites and started asking some questions, reporting some issues, and I'm like, wow, I really like these guys responding. Frankie was one of the guys responding to it. So it was, uh, yeah, he holds a special place in my WordPress memory. So in this episode, we were going to talk about notifications in the WordPress admin because I'm kind of excited to talk about that, but we're going to put it off a week because we have Rich here, and I thought we could instead do a deep dive into a blog post that you wrote recently about the future of themes in WordPress. But before we do, I wanted to address a little bit of feedback that came in <laughs> on the podcast. I, I had someone uh, whose opinion I respect suggest that, uh, who didn't know you and didn't know uh, much about yours and my history, suggest that you can kind of come across as kind of mean on uh, some of the episodes. This isn't the first time I've been called mean. <laughs> just Including by myself, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to set the, the record straight a little here, which is that Jonathan and I go way back, and I love him to bits, and every time we see each other is a special event, uh, uh, and we have, have a big hug, and... You know, we're best mates, and that's why maybe we poke each other a little bit every now and then. I might do a little bit more of the uh, aggressive poking. Uh, that's it's true. 
Yes, that's the thing. We have a history of uh, trying to prank each other, and Luke is still waiting for my return. It's been about two years. Oh, I forgot about that. No, I don't forget, though. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, I got him real good. I did the old um, oh, terrible. Siri, wake me up at 1 a.m. thing, and, uh, and that woke him up. But, but I didn't <laughs> stop there. I also then set his hotel alarm clock to wake him up 10 minutes after that, and a nearby iPad to wake him up 10 minutes after that. So it was good fun. That was terrible. That was a work day in the last two. So. Yeah, that sounds kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I'm a big believer in what you, uh, what you sow, you will reap, and in like manifold rewards. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting something at WordCamp Asia. You going to be there, Rich? Are you going to WordCamp Asia in February? Yeah, I actually am. I just got my tickets uh, a couple days ago. I'm super stoked for it. How'd you get tickets? They're sold out. Uh, they the came tickets. back on like a few like a few days ago, right? Or a week ago, maybe. Or maybe it's been longer than that. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> out there, so fast. <laughs> if anybody out there bought tickets to WordCamp Asia just in case and doesn't think they're going to use them, I could uh, I I could really I would really appreciate uh, if you wanted to pass those on. Anyway, so a couple of days ago, how long was it ago? Maybe a week ago, you published. No, no, no. This is from several months ago. You published a look at themes of the future on your blog. I remember seeing this post when I was writing also about uh, some of the proposed changes to themes and block-based theming in Gutenberg. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think I published it right at WordCamp uh, US. That was kind of the idea so I can generate some interest and just you know use it as a talking point to really try to see what people are thinking. Like, what's this going to look like, you know? Maybe we could kick off by, would you explain your, like there's this central idea here about having some sort of parent theme built into WordPress. Could you explain it? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, a lot of WordPress themes share uh, a lot of markup, headers, uh, content areas, divs, uh, fit footers, uh, sidebars even. You know, there's so much stuff that um, exists among just about every theme or maybe you know there, there might be a percentage maybe 70 80 percent of all, all themes have the same markup for um headers or, or very similar markup for I mean, footers and whatnot um comments are the same thing contact pages you know there's just so much stuff there that uh i think it'd be so interesting if we if we take a look at you know the parent and child theme relationship and um, what if we could opt in like a theme could opt into uh, different pieces of content that uh, that core provides like comments mm. like how comments are styled everything about comments would just be part, an inherent part of core like that would not be something a theme would have to worry about unless you chose to like if a theme was like you know add theme support uh you know false for comments and then next thing you know you're you're in charge at that point mm. for for those things uh, and like the idea there is uh you know themes uh, are becoming more and more uh not unmanageable, maybe is not the right word, but but full and hard to maintain. And especially if we're trying to make uh, WordPress uh, essentially in the entirety of a WordPress site block based, uh, how do we how do we implement a style system when everyone does it differently? When comments look different on different sites, uh, but the markup you know the markup could be different, but then the styles are the same, or um, some things are. There's just so much overlap there that it's hard to, as a theme developer, really figure out how you're going to improve the WordPress experience uh, with a theme. And you're, and right now you're just really not, unless you're uh, overriding everything 
and doing it your way, but it's just not very maintainable long-term. Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's just a, a big window of opportunity here that uh, while we're shifting to this block-based theme framework in the future, like that we could leverage this in that. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot to unpack there that I just think that there's something that I don't want to just like toss this out the window because this is a, a big time for change. And if we're going to change, like let's figure out how. The, the core problem that I see that I think this approach solves is the problem around how much opinion should a block have when it comes to styling. And it's, it's a difficult problem because take something like the quote block and there's two different styles of quote block. One's got larger text than the other. But then when it comes to the theme, the theme has the ability to completely override those styles uh, and should the block expect that the styles are going to be overridden? Should the block think about color as well? If it's already looking at font size, should it think about font color? Or is that the realm of the theme? Should it be thinking about padding and margin, margin and, and that sort of thing? Or should it be thinking about line height? You know, all of these sorts of questions around where do the styles for blocks belong? And I think I like the parent theme in core approach because what it does is it sets up a bunch of default variables. Could you explain that? Yeah, like, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to use custom properties, but in my, in my post I was talking about custom properties. Like if we had defaults for, for everything and then your theme could essentially be a style sheet that declares CSS variables or properties. It could say, um, you know, you could set your typography scale. You could set your your smallest and your largest font, and then the rest just fills in. And, and then you, you've styled your typography sizes. Um, you could pick your fonts. You could pick vertical spacing. Um, you know, horizontal and and why. You know, you can you can really experiment with, um, you know, those those uh, subjective changes to what a website has. Uh, all the objective objective stuff. Um, you know, like how a, a gallery, you know, is a slider, you know, and things are side by side and it might use Flexbox. Like those things should be uh, probably part of, um, you know, the block itself, you know, at that core level, at that core block level. Um, but when it comes to adding a layer of stylistic choice on top of that, like if we had a variable system in there where you could just design a total theme using one style sheet with, you know, it could be, you know, 50, 70, 100 even uh, CSS properties. I don't think the count is what matters. I think having the smart defaults in there and just override what you want to as a theme designer at that point, and not so much a theme developer. Yeah. Rich, one of the things I loved about my experience with your Tabor theme, why I've adopted it in a lot of places. Well, there's, there's two things. One, I love that it's sort of out of the boxness that it looked good and there was a good aesthetic to it out of the box. One of the things I found interesting was my discovery over time of how flexible it was and and some and the pain of discovery. Like for a while, and part of it was interface limitations of like, okay, how do I do background colors? Like I just presumed for a while that I couldn't do that or that I couldn't have a image span the entire width of the page. And then I discovered this innocuous little, oh wow, if I click this button, then I can add a background image in Gutenberg. Um, but the confidence that I had from how well it sort of worked out of the box. Uh, so even when I didn't think I had that much flexibility, because it turns out I actually did, even with that that work, 
I felt confident because of how it just worked out of the box. When I think about the future of this, uh, and I've seen some references to this and some of the work that you've done in the, the new Go theme that you're working on, it's so important to me that there's an emphasis on empowering makers without, um, I guess, like technical ability on the one on the one hand of things. That there's an out of the boxness to it that it just works. It's creating. They feel like, oh wow, look, I, I'm making something, and it's it's so much about even the experience of customization and and sort of making than what you're making within it, right? The, the content, etc. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, so when I think about it it's really important that the work that we're doing has that like non-technical person where they can see it. When I first, you have the new uh, landing page on GoDaddy with the themes. At first I was trying to figure out why all these different themes. Ah, okay. It's all the same one, but very different looks because it doesn't matter for the end user, what the architecture is like. They can see it and say, that's the look that I want. And even though behind the scenes, it's all the, the same thing. One of the interesting things about uh, the approach to themes with a parent-child relationship is the idea of you know having these CSS variables, which, by the way, this is only a thing that I discovered for myself in the last couple of months. I, I maybe some of our listeners don't know. I don't know, but uh, you can have variables in CSS without SAS and things like that now. Um, I guess that just goes to show how, how far out of the front-end development stuff I am. <laughs> uh, but what about templating? So, you know, what I love about what, what Jonathan is saying about, about Tabor is, is all amazing and true. Uh, and I love uh, the way that it's built. But if there was a parent theme uh, built into core, how would that affect templating and and how do you imagine templating is going to work once templates can be are all sort of block based anyway you know if i can insert like a header block or a logo block into my header block area you know how how does that affect themes you know i think um on one hand it it almost doesn't affect things you know templating uh in the past, okay, if we look back a couple of years, uh, templating is very uh, hard coded. You, you, the theme author tells where the post content goes. It tells you where the header is. It tells you everything. It's all in their hands. Um, and as we look towards the future, we're moving towards a uh, a theme and design system uh, with blocks where the user gets to decide what happens. Um, and that sort of templating uh, is all going to be block based. I think you know headers, uh, footers. Um, you know, what we have now is widget areas or, you know, content areas or, you know, they're kind of vice versa right now. But all of these are going to be user-focused decision-making processes. But at the same time, we're going to have patterns. We're going to have uh, templates. We're going to have uh, full-page layouts. There's there's all these different components that are all atomically based on the block. So where I think the future of themes and templates kind of collide is where um, where in the past we've had all these things that you couldn't change from user's perspective. And in the future... You're going to be open to uh, hundreds, if not thousands, uh, you know, like the endless possibilities of what you can do with the um, just a simple heading block and a paragraph block and an image block. You can think of, I can think of like five or ten use cases like off so, the top of my head like for that. There's an interesting tension there. Like when I think about one of the things I love about WordPress, I think is so fundamental to its success and its future is the freedom of choice. 
to sort of do what you will. We see this manifest in plugins and and just the the number and the volume and the variety available. I think there's also a, a significant downside to that, which is overwhelming people with choices. Uh, so one of the things that I'm curious for, well, I'm just curious about in general and see if, if you have any thoughts on it. Like as we get, do a better job of empowering people with more choice, how do we guide them? For me, as someone wanting to create, I, I recognize the freedom that I have to do what I will with WordPress. Yet more often than not, I'm like, I want a good, I want a good theme. I want something that looks good out of the box, that does the job, that has good typography, that's mindful of these things. So, in a world where we're giving more choice to people with sort of what they do, like, what are your thoughts on how do we guide people to make good choices? Who decides that? Like, how and do should we, we? How do we think about that? Should we give? And people should we? Choice? Yes. Yeah, I think we we definitely should give them a choice. You know, it's it's not about uh, as a theme developer or an agency uh, making sites for folks. It's not about uh, locking them into something. You know, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to give them uh, choices, right? So um, when it comes to uh, you know crafting these layouts or templates or patterns or whatnot, like I, I feel like we need to have a mechanism in place where like only these ten are approved, like whitelisted, block like. Like right now, the block manager, blacklist or whitelist, different blocks, like the same sort of controls. Um, and maybe there's uh, another level of control placed on, you know, there already is things like, you know, you can manipulate color palettes. Uh, I guess in the future, you should be able to manipulate fonts, um, mm. like what's approved, what's not approved. Maybe there's a, you know, if we think way out, like what if we had like a, um, you know, a style guide in WordPress where whatever you picked on that style guide page, which could be all blocks, like whatever you pick there is are the choices that you can make later on, mm. um, and as an agency and as a you know a pro who is who's building these for other people, like you could pick and choose what controls that you're gonna give to different roles. Like all of that is you know it's already an inherent part of WordPress, but I think extending that into the Gutenberg block-based temp, uh, themes in the future is uh, is paramount to ensuring we're not giving you so much stuff that it's harder to do, um, and and patterns think- alone. Uh, I was going to say patterns alone are going to help that big time because right now yes. it's hard to build out a page. It's really it's just not easy to do. Um, but when you have pre de- pre designed little sections of content that you can add, and if they're approved and styled according to your brand, then pop it right on the page. You should be good to go. I like that idea of patterns. I think for those of us who've been in WordPress longer, and and just in general, there's certain types of people where it's all about that freedom to, to kind of do whatever you will. For a lot of folks with WordPress, though, like they they have a specific thing they're trying to do, like they want something that looks good, that accomplishes a particular objective, et cetera, and they want there's a general desire. I mean, being at meetups and hearing people like, "What plugin do I use for this?" Mm. They recognize the greatness of the fact that there are many options available, but they're like, "But which one?" Right? Because sometimes like, "Oh, just just search for a this type of plugin," and like, "Okay, great, I did that and found many results. Which one?" So I Code think books. it's important. <laughs> I think it's important for us <laughs> to, as we make advances and improve things, to sit on that tension between, uh, think of it as curation, like giving patterns and, and recommendations. And if you're trying to do this, here's an example. You can do whatever you want, but here's something to get you started and us doing more work to think that out, which is a lot of what I saw in the work that you've done so far. It's I recognize that I could do CSS and did to take it wherever I wanted, but I was happy with that feeling of this is up and running this feels good. This is working for me. Even if I don't take this further, it's an excellent start. 
that, yeah. that could be and dangerous, it, you know, Jonathan. That, that could <laughs> get into some interesting territory if we start recommending plugins. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was like a recommended plugins section somewhere <laughs> in WordPress? Gosh, do you know what would happen? <laughs> I bet you anything it would just be filled with automatic stuff. <laughs> get out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and and when we think about like patterns and templates, like right now, you can already set a template for a custom post type in Gutenberg. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you had a portfolio, you could put, you know, the Coblox masonry block as a default there. And you can lock that down. You can make it to where you can only add new blocks to that template, or you can make it where you can only rearrange them, or it's completely locked down. Uh, you can't do anything else except for add your images. Like that's already there. I think it's just a matter of uh, surfacing that and mm-hmm. encouraging uh, people who are going to actually use use this new block editor in their future projects and like how do they leverage these new tools? That's one of the things I love about themes is the opportunities to sort of package a lot of different things into one and suddenly people are being exposed to new technologies and ways of doing things without really realizing it because it's all there and, and a singular experience. Like I'll, I'll figure this out and then without knowing it, they're being exposed to this pattern here and this and these best practices the patterns are going to be super powerful in combination with custom post types, right? Like that's that's how I see them working. You described a little earlier, Richard, you're talking about, uh, you know, we could insert some default content. I, I, having trouble sort of figuring out how useful that is. But if you think about it in terms of custom post types, let's take uh, movie reviews, right? I Sometimes I like to to write a movie review uh, on my site, or maybe it's a site dedicated to movie reviews. I would, I, I imagine the future of WordPress being I can set up a pattern for movie reviews, and the pattern, it's, you know, the it'll have like an open title. Obviously, title has to be open. Then it'll have like a section for description. Maybe it's in columns, and then on the right hand side of column, which is only thirty three percent width, is my star rating block. And below that is like an IMDB embed. You know, you get the idea. Uh, you can have this default stuff set up. And so that when I start a new movie review custom post, all of this stuff is there automatically. And, and maybe I have the ability to add new blocks before the IMDB embed, but not before the first, the opening description paragraph. Or maybe I can't add any new blocks at all. Or maybe the IMDB or the star rating is locked. That can't be removed, but the other things can. And having this level of flexibility. I wonder though, do you think that that style of pattern, is that something that belongs in core or is that the realm of plugins? That gets tricky real quick. (laughs) Um, I think that particular example would be uh, a third party likely provided pattern or probably a set of blocks and a pattern. Um, you know, it would have to include both. Um, and, and realistically, plugins can already do almost w- exactly what you said just now. Um, the the only thing I don't think we have right now is um, block level locking. Like you can't mm-hmm. add after or before we're removing specific blocks, but all of that's already doable the way it is now. Um, I see patterns uh, mostly, you know, as of now, I see them mostly as a more, uh, how do I say this, like, standard content like it might be uh you know like a flex box type oriented pattern where you have your big image on the left and uh your bio on the right with um your title and social links underneath it it's all comprised of blocks that uh, likely are provided by core 
but are put together in a piece where you add it all at once uh, to level up your editing experience. Because you could do that all on your own. Like patterns should not be comprised of anything you can't already do with blocks. Um, you know, of course, they could be leveraged with other collections. Um, and that's like a whole nother beast to uncover. Like, how do we only surface uh, patterns that are relative to blocks that you have, uh, especially once the block directory lands? Mm. Um, there's just so much to to unwind around that one particular piece. But patterns are so important for the success of being able to actually build sites uh, in Gutenberg because it's, it's hard now. It's really hard. Uh, so I've got questions. <laughs> I've got questions for both of you. Rich, um, first... When you think about, I think it's fair to say for all of us that we're generally excited and optimistic about the, just the future of, of themes and blocks, et cetera, and just the things happening. Rich, is there anything in particular that you're concerned about, like given your background and context and what you're aware of? Like when you look at the project as a whole and the, I guess the opportunities as well as the challenges, is there anything top of mind for you that's like this needs extra attention or I'm, I'm just, I'm cons you're concerned about a particular thing? Uh. I guess the biggest thing right now, um, and you know, call, you called me out on it last week, was the the HTML block templates uh, that were you know the whole PR that got merged and like the the whole thought process around that. I'm just not entirely. Uh, I don't know. Not, I don't have my head wrapped around every little nuance and like why we're going that route. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things we need to figure out. Um, and you know, with I go daddy with the go theme and and for what we built there, we've experimented. Um, and right now we have essentially HTML injected onto new sites for demo content, right? Yep. Um, and so we've experimented with that system and I want to, you know, I want to redo it. I want to use uh, the PHP based block templates because it's, I don't have to worry about markup. I don't have to worry about validation. I don't have to, like, if I want to go change a variable or change an attribute, it's one little change instead of validating and double checking everything to make sure uh, nothing breaks. I think I, I'm just not convinced that, um, that we're, that this might I mean I, I could be convinced that this is the right way but I, I need more uh, insights on that. You don't. Um, there's, you, the, you feel like you don't quite understand it. I I mean I understand it but I'm not sure I I don't, I don't know if I understand why you know I think we need more around what's what's happening we need uh, like what you mentioned in your your post uh, recently Luke uh, like more than just a bunch of PR stringing together a bunch of Slack uh, channel messages and and uh and such and you know the overarching view is uh, totally on point like we want to be, be able to edit our sites um i don't know if html is any easier than uh, a simple json or a simple um php yeah. even like i'm not sure if that's easier for folks uh, especially if it's going to cause validation issues um you know there's just so much to unpack there for what we're trying to do, like the big thing is we're trying to make it easier for folks to to do what they want to do with WordPress. Mm -hmm. So is HTML really that that solution? And if so, like why? Like like let's validate that. And and if that's what people want and that's what's going to be useful, then let's roll with it and figure out all the little nuances that we need to do. What about you, Luke? Well, well, let me just ask then Riyadh or Matthias if you're listening. You know, it'd be great to have you on the podcast and uh, for you to take the time to explain why, why HTML. As for me, I kind of like the idea. I, I think I get it. I think it, I, I agree with Rich. It's not been super well explained. When I think about the future of just themes and creating the WordPress in general, the thing that I keep reminding myself 
you know, as someone who's gone through the journey of you know, not technical to being quite technical and building all sorts of things, the things that I keep reminding myself is WordPress, at least in my head, and I think in at least a few others, has always been about empowering the non-technical person to create. So as we as the internet gets more complex, as we have more and more ways of doing things, I think it's it's critical for us in the project to be continuously reminding my, ourselves who it's for and focusing our energy on doing the hardest work to figure out how to uh, how to take those new technologies and capabilities and um, empower people who don't understand them to be able to use them. And, and at the same time, opening the door so that they can understand. There will be people who find it very interesting and want to go down that path and get deeper into it and ultimately contribute to it. So in general, my, my area of concern then is I think it's easy for us to sometimes be talking to ourselves as more advanced users, as developers, and think about ways to make our lives easier when the whole reason WordPress has succeeded to begin with mm-hmm. is that focus on empowering the creativity of the non-technical and opening the doorway for many into these branches of techno- technological interest, right? For many people, that was the gateway to, wow, this is amazing. What would it look like if I created a plugin? And that was one of my early concerns with Gutenberg was that jump in complexity. I've been really excited to see plugins, including some of the stuff Luke's worked on, like Block Lab, that focus on empowering people without technical ability to create. So in general, my like I love the things that I'm seeing, but in general, that's a, an area where we have to keep reminding ourselves WordPress is about empowering that creativity on the open web for non-technical folks. And a lot of great examples of that happening. And I just We just have to continue being diligent because I think it's easy to fall into this trap of doing it more for ourselves and what's easier for us as we advance in techn- technical capability. What do you think about the idea that uh, there's a s- only a subset of people who let's let's take the example of how themes are going to work in the future there's only a small subset of theme developers theme authors agencies freelancers who take the time to attend wordpress core meetings who read the make blog who uh, are involved in wordpress core development and that subset is inherently a sort of biased group because you know all of those people are inclined towards contributing to core. What do you think about the idea that we should be pra- uh, we should be proactive in reaching out to the wider audience of theme developers before making any major decisions on how themes should work in the future? Oh, one hundred percent. You know, if we're making decisions based on. Um, our own experiences, our own needs, and and what we are assuming and thinking that uh, other folks need, then we're going to miss the mark. You know, we're not going to we're going to build a super uh, maybe maybe something halfway in the middle. It's not going to be really easy for folks. It's not going to be easy for theme developers to build. Um, you know, that's kind of where we're at with Gutenberg, but it's getting better. Um, and you know, on one hand, we've you know people are leveling up big time. Before Gutenberg, uh, I didn't know hardly any JavaScript. You know, I was mm-hmm. just after I saw Matias's demo, I um, basically threw myself at the computer and was like, "Let me figure this out." Um, and that's good. And I think we're, you know, folks are really stepping up on the engineering side uh, to things. But uh, but users at the end of the day are using WordPress. Um, you know, they're 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 just going there to to 
do something, to have a goal and to make something happen and to um, experience WordPress uh, through all the little pieces that everyone's building. And if we can't build it uh, for the people actually using it, uh, not the people building it, then we're going to miss the mark big time. I get a little nervous when I hear the idea of like asking people or, or going out to mm-hmm. get a bunch of people because that evokes these ideas of like design by committee, decisions by committee, uh, which I think so much of it about is the, the spirit in which you approach it and the questions you ask. What I do think is important is for those, because it is a small group making decisions and you know, there, there's a, there's, it's two sided. One, if people have an interest, get involved, like attend, ask questions and, and even doing things like this is hopefully contributing in some ways to bringing it to more attention to folks. But ultimately I think for those who are making the decisions and well embedded into it, the thing that I would emphasize and I try to keep it myself in mind is asking and going out, not to figure out what to get done, but to understand, Yeah. right? It's not going out and asking, mm-hmm. Hey, theme author, what do you think I should do? but understanding what are you doing and then zooming all the way out to say, okay, I now understand a little bit better than I did before the ramifications of the decisions and decisions that I have to make. And, and then again, from my point of view, it's, it's, are we keeping in mind what this is all for? Like if we're making decisions to make it easier for theme developers, authors, et cetera, that's great. But to what end? It should still be to the end of helping them thus empower non-technical users to create, not just, saving time or whatever else before we round out the podcast there was one more thing from your blog post that i wanted to circle back around to so in the context of having a parent theme in wordpress core and having like a bunch of default styles maybe even having uh, some default templates that themes may or may not extend uh there's there's a concern right that we're just going to create a whole bunch of websites that basically look pretty much <laughs> the same. And I know that you addressed this in your blog post, but I, I wanted to stress the point because in my mind, one of the most important things about WordPress is that it adds variety, complexity, spice, diversity to the web. And and that's actually, that's why I'm so against the AMP project because I think it's, more, I think it's more important to have a crazy, messy, slow, ugly, captivating <laughs> oh, web. That's the web that I want, right? I want that web that's different and weird. It's like an Austin web uh, than it is to have like a very, very fast and performant and, and quick loading, but pretty much all the same web. I think um, you can have both. It's just a lot harder. So okay, so my 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 question <laughs> aimed at, at Rich here is that like <laughs> how how can we like address this to me like a huge danger of when we when we have a common starting point approach how how can we incentivize creativity? I mean, uh, teams today have a common starting point, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we're very creative beings. We're going in and we're. We're changing things. We're adding styles. We're adding colors. You know, even the simplest of things look totally different. Like it's because we're we're just creative, and when we're challenged by uh, you know by constraints, like people rise out of that and just build really cool stuff. Um, like with the Go theme, like I said in my blog, like we built like close to a hundred of these things from one theme, and in that theme, we basically have five different uh, styles, and 
those different styles are all just CSS property driven. And we just map them into our one style sheet. And then whenever you, in the customizer right now, whenever you switch a different style, it changes the look of everything. Mm-hmm. I think with, um, you know, and, and really what I see Go is just the very first step in that potential future of, of every WordPress theme. Um, and that's why we built it. I wanted to, to challenge where we're at and figure out how we can build the system uh, where you can confidently add flavor with the with the same framework and combining with blocks like we really like there's just no excuse why websites should look the same perhaps your single post might look similar which is you know a column of content and a post title at the top but we have template parts that we're working on like right which right now you know they're html based but that kind of you know that may be that one page but there's only so much variance you would add to that page in the first place yeah. uh, so I, i'm really not concerned about that at all i think that's a great answer i, I one of the things I love about uh, using Gutenberg, actually Gutenberg directly inspired me to start writing on my blog again because it gave me the opportunity to be creative in a way that I've never been able to be creative mm-hmm. before. And and you can probably tell in, in my most sort of, I might have started, I think I started blogging about a month ago again. And you can see that first post in a while is got like, things thrown off on the left and on the right <laughs> and it's like it's all creative and interesting and it's got all these embeds in my most recent post i i did a columns i wanted to, to put in a little aside i wanted to say oh by the way there's this little thing that i want to say that's not really part of the content so i put in a columns post i made it extra wide uh, or just wide and then made one column sort of smaller so that the content sat on the left and the cool thing is that with the theme I'm using, all of that is like fully responsive, fully supported. It was weird, interesting way of creating content. And I was able to make the web a little weirder. And like Jonathan said, without sacrificing speed, because the framework allowed me to. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's good. And, And just to point out that there are still challenges to be solved. I read your latest post. I didn't get the aside dynamic on mobile because it just looked exact same size sort of it was there, I was able to read it, but I now I'm pulling it up on desktop like, ah, I would have seen that differently if I had understood how you intended to convey it. So one of the challenges yet to be solved is, or an ongoing one, is how do you then render these experiences for people and the different ways that they'll choose to access them, which is incredibly diverse, right? Mm. So plenty of things to keep us all busy in the coming years. And from my point of view, um, yeah, I've never been more excited at just the opportunities that people have to be able to create things on the web and uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes. Thanks for coming, Rich. Yeah, it's been great. And you know, like this is, uh, I can't imagine a better time to be a WordPress engineer right now, like to go in and, and to be challenged by something so revolutionary as Gutenberg in WordPress. Like this is, this is going to mark a major change from this point on. Like WordPress is totally different than it was a year or two ago. And that's just a crazy uh, advantageous moment of time where we get to really impact the future of the web. And I just, I'm just thankful for that. And I just encourage other people, if you're not in yet, just jump in. There's plenty of room for jump help. In. Like there's lots of room. There's yeah. plenty of room. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Rich. Have a good uh, Christmas. Awesome, man. Thanks. <laughs>